And it's time for Robert to start the show. Robert, hey, what are we doing here? Hey, look, we're at the South City Rockers show. I'm Robert Segovia. We're going to talk basketball. Brennan K. O'Grady is right over here. We got Ben Cowles on the digital keyboard that we call a laptop. And we're just here to talk basketball, you know, have fun, drink peach beer, Pepsi, whatever else, beverages. Who's drinking a Pepsi? You know, in my heart, I'm drinking a Pepsi. Really? You're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna brand the pot. You're gonna like tie us to a brand the association. Cho- the choice it's of not the... even in my goddamn home. <laughs> the choice of a new generation. I'm not anti Pepsi, by the way. <laughs> I actually have always preferred Pepsi to Coke myself. I don't know if that's like a. I was more a big big red person. A I big mean. red person. I'm from Texas. Texans, man. Baby. Good lord, I'm from Texas. Baby. For for people who don't know what big red is, it's like a bubblegum flavored soda. I went to like it, like what it tastes like is like when you get bubblegum ice cream and they have like the blue ice cream with the bubblegum bit. It tastes like that, but it's bright red. So when you vomit from mixing it with Everclear uh, before the Texas State football game, eventually <laughs> it's gonna look like uh, like a demon is being expelled from your body. I had I was dating someone that was not from the state of Texas, and I let her try Big Red, and she said it tasted like a clown car. Which I thought was was good. I thought that was, she didn't like it. It wasn't a pro. That wasn't a it's good funny you review. said that because my favorite job at Big Red is Mitch Clem, the cartoonist, the, the punk rock cartoonist who, uh, who lives in San Antonio. Uh, I remember he did a comic strip because um, he moved here from Minneapolis and he was doing an autobiographical strip in which uh, he himself, the character, tasted it and he just says, this tastes like clown blood. <laughs> I mean, it's acquired taste. You gotta live here. I uh, I've been here for over a decade, and it's not a taste I'm looking to acquire. Yeah, well, uh, we've got a show for you. We've done these a couple times now, and we record, and then we put the show out like two weeks later. Uh, which, like, we're not trying to be like a topical news-based podcast, but in the time that we put those out, we talk about a player who might get traded, and then they get traded somewhere completely hey. different. So we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it relatively fresh, and uh, to that end. I wanted to, to share with you, uh, we didn't talk about this in advance, but I wanted to uh, to say today is Dr. Jerry Buss's birthday. Oh, wow. Dr. Jerry Buss, uh, if you are a Lakers fan, which uh, statistically, if you're listening to this, you probably are. Uh, it's most uh, most people, I think, who find <laughs> podcasts do so because they're just Googling Lakers podcast. Uh, it, is, it is one of the most popular sports brands in the world. I'll oh remind everybody. Peasants can fucking calm down. I didn't know, I didn't know you were going to become Bizarro Bill Simmons on this podcast. How dare you? Dad, you've said some mean things to me in my time, my friend, and that's among the worst. No, I'm, I'm a Lakers fan, and uh, so we are going to talk Lakers, but I enjoyed looking at the social media, and I just... I want to talk about Jerry Buss briefly because it, it got me going down like a little bit of a rabbit hole about this person. I think that uh, oftentimes if you're listening to a sports show or whatever, everybody's like ethos in mainstream sports coverage is like stick to sports, right? They just want to talk about everything that is exclusively limited to what happens in games or whatever kind of gossipy shit talk they want to talk about how players are ungrateful or, you know, such and such is yeah. uh, is pulling the strings and doing a bad job of it or whatever. Um, and I feel like just way too little vitriol is directed uh, at the very rich owners of these teams. If you're a sports team owner in America, you're a piece of shit. 
There's not a good one. There, like, there's no such thing as a no, good I mean, one. No, that's not. That's In not order to have true. the money to buy a sports team, you have to be a piece of shit. And yeah. that's true even of people like uh, like Jerry Buss, who uh, who got in on his team in uh, the early 70s, right? When you could buy a franchise for you know a couple grand, essentially. Um, and uh, I did just, just take the opportunity to go down the rabbit hole a little bit. First and foremost, just look at a picture of Jerry Buss. I don't know if you guys have looked at one recently. Oh, I, yeah. But when you see this guy, like... The, the gall to have one of the world's most obvious and egregious comb-overs uh, <laughs> and be a person who is not just in, like, media regularly, someone who is a celebrity in Los Angeles, someone who would be photographed anytime he left the house, essentially, uh, because his public image was that of a, of a playboy party animal, like his whole life, right? The guy, guy set up photographers to see him all the time. How are you going to commit to that comb-over until you die? Uh, and if you just look at this piece of shit with his uh, cap teeth, the creep, the creep mustache, just everything about this—if you put him on, uh, if you put him on a uh, the the busted report uh, of who got arrested for uh, for violating <laughs> for violating restraining orders or something—I'm saying like if you saw this person <laughs> in any other context, you'd be like that guy's a fucking creep, like that guy's awful. Oh yeah. So he's, as a he's billionaire fan, hot. Uh, not a billionaire, only a millionaire, uh, yeah, which millionaire, which huh? used to be what we called rich people um, yeah, yeah. before we all had a before the idea of a human being owning having a billion dollars was even yeah. possible in our brains. Just like to just like to remind everybody that we didn't get to 2022 in a fucking time machine. Uh, capitalism is accelerating toward its end state, and all of the profits are going uh, firmly one way. So with Dr. Jerry Buss, I did want to learn a little bit about the man. I I did want to learn a little bit about the man uh, because just being a Lakers fan, the propaganda for the fucking Buss family is just absolutely overwhelming. And I found two uh, articles in my reading just to learn a little bit about Jerry Buss, uh, one of which is pretty goddamn depressing and sad, uh, and the other one is pretty hilarious, uh, at least in terms of the writing. So what I want to share with everybody is, uh, and I also want to mention this because I want to get ahead of Adam McKay's new Lakers series. Are you familiar with Adam McKay has a, of course he has a Lakers it's, it's, series. It's, it's going to be a series for HBO that's going to be all about the Showtime Lakers of the 80s. This dude is just, is he just trying to be Aaron Sorkin? Can I ask that question out loud? Is that what his end goal is? Is like, are we going to have a sports night, Adam McKay, and a... West, we've already had our West Wing Adam McKay. Now we get our Sports Night Adam McKay. What did Adam McKay do for West Wing? That don't look up. <laughs> I like, think Don't Look Up was great. Whatever, but, okay. but 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 like I don't know this guy. I also think The American President's a, a fun movie. Like like there, there, there's love, a lot of stuff I, love, I enjoy. I, I, like I just both hate of them. him. I just I like hate his politics and what he represents for yeah. for the culture. Yeah, I, I like both of them. It's just you know. Yeah. Well, well, Adam McKay's series. It's going to be an HBO series. It's actually the series that like broke up his partnership with uh, Will Ferrell because Ferrell wanted to play Jerry Buss. Who's like going to be one of, if not the main character of the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and McKay uh, wanted John C. Riley, and that's uh, such a better cast. Oh, it's choice. obviously <laughs> a better. Ca- it's clearly a better You're casting in- choice. Yeah, but, okay. but 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 I, I read in the the Don't Look Up uh, when he was doing uh, media for that he did the Vanity Fair article and in it they asked him about it and uh, and apparently uh, apparently McKay kind of put his foot down and like called John C. Riley off in the part and he and Farrell have not spoken since like wow. really very acrimonious. Well, I uh, mean, there's an obvious part for for Will Farrell and the Rambus. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I mean that's obvious. Really obvious. I mean, come on. Maybe he's already been too Rambus like in his career. Um, Maybe. Uh, he could also be that. Phil Jackson. 
I'll, he'd be a great Phil Jackson. Yeah, but but this yeah, but, 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 it's gonna be, it's, but it's going to be an eighties uh, no eighties Lakers yeah. series. So I honestly, no. when you were, I didn't know about the series, and when you started talking about Jerry Bus, and I started thinking about the Bus family, I was like, why isn't there a series about this yet? Oh well, you and know. so that of course in the age of Netflix, yeah. Well, my, my mine is one. a mine is a Game of Thrones spinoff, but about the Bus family. Okay, yeah. So I want to set the Bus family in the Game of Thrones universe. And have them be the conniving members of a family who are all trying to ascend to the throne. Yeah. So that so that I, I'm working on that separately with HBO. Okay. Uh, but before this McKay series comes out, and I forget what it's called, Showtime or something. Uh, I did just want to learn a little bit about Jerry Buss. So uh, Jerry Buss, his uh, public persona was that of a playboy. If you look at his Wikipedia page, he's got sections for early life and business career, sports team ownership, poker player. <laughs> Personal life, which is two <laughs> tiny paragraphs, and death. That's it. Jerry Buss lived, <laughs> played poker, partied, and died. These guys, they're either they're either poker players, they're in a blues band. <laughs> JD in the straight shot, baby. Or they're painting. Those are like the three if you're rich if you're rich beyond your wildest dreams, but your life is not fulfilled in some way. Yeah. Those are your three choices. Like, yeah. Th- that's what you got to do. Well, Jerry Buss had some other favorite pursuits. Uh, so in his uh, in his personal life section, uh, I mean, they talk about... Yeah, well, they, they, they talk about, uh, you know, the different mothers of his children, etc. Uh, during his time as a Lakers owner, Buss was widely known as a playboy and had a string of young girlfriends. So that led me to think... This guy was a rich piece of shit uh, who made his money from real estate in Los Angeles. By the way, also, just like a perfect, like, boomer trip over your dick into success story. Went in with a couple of other guys to buy an apartment building in L.A. for $6,000. He bought, like, a 14-unit apartment complex for $6,000 in, like, 1968. And parlayed that into a real estate career. And so, just again, if you're a real estate person, you're also a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't have closed the commons, and uh, rentierism is just being a parasite on the economy, right? So to make your money that way also, just something some reeks of scumbag. So I found an article here uh, from the uh, San Diego Reader, which, by the way, is the uh, one of the one of the oldest alternative press uh, publications, alternative weeklies in America. It was founded by, uh, by one of the co-founders of the Chicago Reader, uh, and it remains uh, privately owned in the hands of a, uh, of a cool... Uh, of a cool dude uh, still to this day. So it hasn't been like swallowed up and closed. <laughs> oh, like... a cool dude? <laughs> Who's the dude? Do you know the dude? Uh, I forget his name, but well, okay. he's been to Chicago He's Reader. a cool dude. He well, would never own real estate. Well, they didn't fucking sell it to... <laughs> they didn't fucking sell it to the Tribune. No, he doesn't own real estate, I don't think, uh, because he fucking runs the Chicago... He runs the uh, San Diego yeah, Reader for yeah. no money. What I'm saying is all <laughs> weeklies... Uh, we live in Austin. We have one that, we have yeah, one that yeah. runs. I don't know who, who it's owned by, but... It's owned by... It's owned by... Uh, the Tribune Company? Jack or, Black. I mean, his name is literally Jack Black. Okay, but he's the guy who's not that Jack Black. Not that Jack okay. Black, but he owns South by Southwest too. Oh, okay. Or well, he he, own, he owns. I don't know if he cool. owns it anymore. He started South. Well, South. cool. Alternative weekly papers used to be a thing that like yeah. were independently owned and like actually provided alternative. Maybe his coverage. name is Sean Black. His last name is Black. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think it's I think it's cool that season. the San Diego Reader is still privately owned, uh, unlike the LA Weekly, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, which is the point I'm getting at. So the Chicago, this is from the San Diego Reader from uh, October 22nd, 1990, uh, 1998. Uh, and the headline is, and this is an exhaustive, it's a long article, and it is, it's, like a, it's like a novella, and it is depressing. Uh, San Diego child prostitutes end up with Lakers owner Jerry Buss. <laughs> Slam dunk to make the career of district attorney Paul Pfingst. 
His name is P-F-I-N-G-S-T. Pfingst. So this article is kind of broken into two parts, and it's it's the story of um, of a couple of people um, who uh, just I, I'm not even going to get into everything. It's the story of a woman uh, named uh, Veronica um, Veronica Wright, and Veronica Wright was uh, indoctrinated into prostitution as a teenager, Ugh. and then grew up to be an abuser uh, who indoctrinated her own daughter, known in the legal filings only as M. Uh, so so M W initials M Wright. This Jed or mom's last name, um, who also then uh, indoctrinated her daughter and friends into prostitution as well as teenagers. So the story like really goes through all the background testimony that was going to go into this case. Um, Lakers owner Jerry Buss comes into it because uh, this is again uh, reporting from the from the early '90s in uh, a full piece that was published in 1998 when the case was being brought. Yeah. Um, so apparently in the uh, in the early '90s. Uh, Jerry Buss, who had been known to always like to be surrounded by pretty, pretty young women, was uh, surrounded by uh, some pretty young women that he took care of. Uh, famously, in this article, it talks about how he would take care of all these women, set them up for life, etc. But every single one of these women he met as an underage prostitute. Wow. So, so keeping the company of underage prostitutes. Uh, in this, I'm also going to get to... I'll actually pull the... Um, this is pretty fun. Uh, so this is just in the color that opens it. Eleven years ago, at the, te- at the peak of the team's prowess, Buss gave an interview to the Los Angeles Times. Hidden away in his office, Jerry Buss, millionaire owner of the Lakers, is quietly discussing two of his passions. Athletics are great. I can't get enough of them, he says, between sips of a Diet Cola. But Buss <laughs> See, also... the guy didn't drink Pepsi, so nope, you can't really nope. trust him. Diet Pepsi. What a fucking weirdo. But Buss also has a different kind of competition on his mind. The following night, a Beverly Hills discotheque is hosting a contest for the best set of legs in Los Angeles. <laughs> this is a bus. This is a bus quoted. Those girls are going to be dressed in bikinis, t-shirts, you name it, <laughs> said the 54-year-old bus. Bikinis, t-shirts, that's right, we're judging legs. <laughs> Uh, now that's gonna be something. That's bus, right? Yeah. Um, carried around by his white stretch limo ensconced in the 42-room Pickfair Mansion in Beverly Hills, owner of an estate in Rancho Santa Fe, that's down in San Diego area, and beaches in uh, beach houses in Del Mar and Encinitas, bus was, to many, wrote the LA Times, the quintessential California playboy. So that is the uh, that that is the uh, the image that he was he was putting out. Yeah. So we get a little bit further in here, and uh, Bus uh, co- becomes acquainted with the daughter of uh, Veronica uh, Wright, who is yeah, the, yeah. The, the 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 teenage prostitute turned madam of her own teenage kid and her kid's friends. Um, in this, he is then set up with these ladies, and I do I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's just sad. Um, and I, it is notable for saying that in here. Um, uh, Wright described Buss as someone who likes to have pretty women around him. Wright stated that he does not know whether his daughter, this is Veronica's ex-husband, uh, is providing sexual favors to Buss, further stating that it might not be the case owing to the fact that his daughter has said that he, Buss, can't get it up. Parentheses, can't function sexually. <laughs> and then, a little bit later, this is, this is again, I asked Maisha if she introduced uh, M to Jerry Buss, SDPD Detective Bristol wrote in a report dated January 21st, 1998. Maisha said that she, M, and some friends went to a Laker game and met Bus at the game. Bus invited them to his place. They played pool and had fun. She said Bus takes care of many women who need help, getting them through school, etc. I asked what the woman had to give, but what the women had to give Bus in return. She said he was impotent and therefore was not having sex with them. She thought he was doing it to help out the women, make himself feel good, and be seen with pretty women. 
Maisha said both she and Emma had gotten assistance from Bus. Uh, Bus no longer helped them because Veronica got greedy. Emma and Veronica began lying to Bus. Uh, and Veronica talked M into giving a large sum of money to her church, which is money that Bus had given M for her bills. So the the report gets a little bit uh, further into detail. On yeah, this stuff, yeah. Right? But but I want to note in here um, that we have in here police records of Jerry Bus spending time with underage prostitutes, and I don't know what you take from that, but my my thinking is that if you spent the previous 25 years as a public playboy surrounded by young women. Uh, what do you think he did with those underage prostitutes when his dick worked? Yeah, I mean, the fact that you know that his dick doesn't work is probably is pretty incriminating. And if you go back to the 1980s, <laughs> if you go back to the 1980s, his dick probably didn't work because of all the cocaine, right? But there's also an element of, and you know, we don't have to get too deep into it, like Magic Johnson contracted HIV and partied with Jerry Buss five nights a week. They had like a father-son relationship, but a father and son who party at the discotheque, right? Yeah. So I just want to note, like, and this is the sad, this is the, the and we're already having some laughs. So you're not going to be a Lakers fan anymore. Is that what we're saying? That's exactly what I'm getting <laughs> That's at. what, Clippers all the way. So I also then want saying? to read, I also want to read a short one. This is from the Los Angeles Times. Two years earlier than that, or excuse me, from uh, 12 years earlier than that, uh, July 9th, 1987. $25 million palimony suit filed against Lakers owner Jerry Buss. And I just think there's a lot of funny stuff in this. And hopefully we can wash the face out of knowing what a piece of shit this guy was out of our mouths. That's right. Get the pieces of shit out of our mouths. A woman who claims that she met Los Angeles Lakers owner Jerry Buss in the elevator of a West Hollywood hotel, hotel in 1969 and lived with him off and on for the next 15 years filed a $25 million palimony suit against the millionaire businessman Wednesday, charging that he lied when he pledged he would take care of her for the rest of her life. Puppy Bus, 36. I'm going to spell it for you. P-U-P-P-I, Bus, 36, alleges in the Los Angeles Superior Court complaint that she took Bus's name at his request, traveled with him, lived with him in homes he owned, cared for him when he was ill, and portrayed herself as his wife through most of their years together. Bus, she said, dubbed her puppy as a sign of affection. So this woman that he met in 1969, he lived with her for 15 years, never married her, but made her change her name to Puppy Bus. <laughs> this is the kind of person we're dealing with. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I... Okay. <laughs> We're still going. Here's what I laughed out loud at, okay? <laughs> because I don't know this lawyer, uh, but I love it. So um, the lawsuit asks for part interest in the Lakers basketball team, the Los Angeles Kings hockey team, the Forum in Inglewood, and a myriad of Buss's other holdings, including real estate, estimated to be worth more than $250 million. Buss, who was in Hawaii, could not be reached for comment, blah, blah, blah. So here's the, here's the comment from the, uh, from the attorney, uh, from the person suing. I think $25 million is a conservative request, said famed palimony and divorce attorney Marvin Mitchelson, who filed action on behalf of the woman. I may amend my complaint later to add more. But, Mitchelson quipped, I'd settle for Magic and Kareem and $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> So he's trying to make a trade here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think these owners, I mean, I'm sure if we started digging in on, especially owners of that era, uh, even though they had less money, uh, there's some, I mean, there's just horrific stories. If you ever have read Breaks of the Game. Yeah. Or any of the books dealing with minute. the 70s and 80s basketball. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I do think that people, uh, while they're generally frustrated with the country, is that uh, people like this just get away with it. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to matter and it doesn't seem to do anything to their legacy. 
and they can have a basic organization, never talk about it ever and never, you know, and do these very laudatory stories about them and, you know, the Buss family. I mean, Jerry Buss is portrayed by the NBA as through his children as a family, as a dad. Yeah. That is his portrayal. Yeah, through through his six children by four mothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they don't <laughs> nobody talks about the mothers. No. You know, like um so it's it's uh I don't know none of this is shocking. I haven't I haven't done a deep Wikipedia dive on Jerry Buss. I wouldn't have either. I was busy doing the six Philadelphia seven no, I'm just kidding. seventy uh, sixers <laughs> owners. Well if anyone wants to find that San Diego Reader article, uh it does go on to then say the case against the uh the basically the teenage prostitution ring case partly unraveled. Partly unraveled, it is implied, because Dr. Buss paid a bunch of the women to yeah. essentially have enough money that they didn't need to go through all this and put his name into testimony in public yeah, court. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to talk about that because, uh, again, I, I, I feel like as these are things that I think about when I watch these things, when I watch sports. Like, yeah. I, I, I do think about, like, who's at this game and why, why do these people get fucking press. Like, it, it, it's an example of seeing the ruling class put in front of you on nightly television in a way that should be completely fucking infuriating if you think about who these people actually are. And if you think that there's not billionaire owners in the NBA right now who are regularly committing sex crimes, you're an idiot. Like, Yeah, of course. It, like, it, it is just, it is something that people who have enough money to be above the law can do. Whether it be that, whether it be, uh, you know, the illegal uh, business dealings that, that they can, you know, pay minor fines for or not at all because white collar crime simply isn't prosecuted. Uh, be it the uh, the the, uh, the group owned teams uh, are all getting financing from various, uh, you know, crooked financial institutions. That I mean, we have, yeah, I mean, we have a situation in a... There's just dark money from oligarchs and and uh, f- funds. Remember the Russian guy? Yeah, yeah. Who oh. the Nets for like three years and then just peaced out and no one's seen him since? Well, I there's actually a fun st- – on one of the podcasts I was listening to, there was a fun story about him. I forget what coach he was firing, that oligarch Russian owner. And they were like, uh, why didn't you fire this owner on you know the day after the game? You waited three days. And he was like uh, – I think he was skiing. Or he was just doing something yeah. where he was in a remote place yeah. doing something. Yeah, he was he, he was hella skiing yeah, with Richard Branson. Yeah. yeah, or some crazy shit like that. And, and, and he couldn't and he couldn't <laughs> like he couldn't get back. He was like, Well, I decided to fire him on Saturday, but I was I shooting tell him the on Monday because I was like I was literally <laughs> in a place where you can't I was play. hunting man for sport. Uh, also, I want to correct the record. It's actually Lewis Black. In my head, I was like, it's I know it's a famous person's name, and I said with, with Jack, but it's actually Lewis Black. The owner of the Austin Chronicle. The co-founder of the Austin Chronicle and the co-founder of South by Southwest. And the face of both of those things, really. Gotcha. He's the person they actually interview when they're like, well, remember when you did this? And he's the guy who famously said, uh, South by Southwest isn't about local music. Uh, And he was great on The Daily Show. The 90s Daily Show. Yeah, he was great on The Daily Show. Um, So, yeah. So, that uh, I just wanted to start that off uh, because I read it and I had to get it out of my brain. And it's Jerry Buss's birthday. Well, well, there you go. So, I say, rest in piss, Dr. Jerry Buss, you enormous piece of shit. (laughs) Do you you think that in hell he's just just reviewing the Russell Westbrook trade over and over again? Is that what... (laughs) Do you think? Do you think his dick still doesn't work in hell? Oh, I well, if, I mean, is there if there is a hell, probably not. It better not. It be- <laughs> are you, are you gonna oh, I'm going to find out. I'll <laughs> check. You're gonna call. I'll the, see you soon, bitch. You're gonna call the demon manager. <laughs> we did have another topic that we wanted to get into today. We we got to talking yeah. about another phrase that just that came up um, 
in conversation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was talking about what I see as the, the evil faces of of naked capitalism put right in front of us. We should in do. In the spectacle. Uh, we're not, but the league doesn't want you to focus on those faces. Yeah, yeah. We should do what? Well, I mean, we should at some point. I don't think we should go through their Wikipedia page. We should maybe bullet point. I've got it. it right here, baby. But at some point, we should do the worst owners because I do think that. Well, that the, oh no! Be. This is this is the first part of our infinite series. Infinite series on bad. Uh, owners. Be, uh, better get to know oh, a piece of shit. I actually have one more question on Jerry Buss. You think his comb over uh, crawled so LeBron James uh, rehaired? <laughs> <laughs> Of, of LeBron's hair plugs as being the the successor to Wayne Rooney's because 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 Rooney did it and, oh. then, and, and I, I believe the story was that was was that was that they like Rooney said talk about here, a horrible here are the person guys got to do it yeah right yeah. <laughs> but they, but they, they they met at like whatever fucking Davos or whatever like the richest yeah. athletes in the world I, party uh, shout out to Carlos Boozer and when he like markered in his hair do you remember that, that? Was incredible. <laughs> Do I remember it like ran? Did I remember yeah, like, ran, like, like, ran, like Rudy Giuliani's yeah. fucking head? Oh, uh, Carlos Boozer, shout out. Carlos Boozer. Wherever so, you are, you so, probably have regular hair plugs. Still now. beloved of the people of Cleveland, right? Didn't he didn't, didn't he back out of Cleveland to sign with uh, with Utah because yeah, he was yeah. off there? Yeah. yeah or left, the other like, way around. I don't know. No, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty sure it was Cleveland to Utah. Yeah, uh, Cleveland and, to Utah. And, and, and like just and basically just, just told his manager, like, yeah, just lie. Just 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 lie and, and get them to opt me out because because I'll sign a longer contract. It's this is the thing, is like when somebody Carlos Boozer is an example of like when somebody's like, well, he was an all-star. Like every time when they talk about Ben Simmons, they're always like, he made an all-NBA team. And I'm like, yeah. he made third team. It was like the last guy. Well, I think it's more impressive than making Well, no, of course. Team. But it's just like it first first team all defense is the most impressive of all those. Well, my my point is is just like all NBA and all-star. At the top end, they're very impressive. Yeah. But they're not all created equal. Yeah. Didn't David Lee get a fucking all-star yeah, appearance? Did. He did. Like, because he uh, led the league in rebounding. What's the guy from Charlotte? Uh, we could go. I mean, yeah. yeah awful. Yeah. T- so, too, too many bad players. That's why I'm glad we're not going, well, who's our 12th all-star? I was like, who gives a f- Well, I, I had, I had, I thought, pretty artfully circled this into the next topic. The okay. face of Sorry, I had the to, I had to league. Do my stupid Jerry Buss joke. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, face of the league. It's a phrase that came up when we were talking, and uh, you know, we were talking about Kyrie recently, and he is such an incredibly popular character. Uh, and I say character because so much of how the NBA is consumed by the people who follow it is not in the form of paying for league pass and watching, uh, you know, Grizzlies Pacers on a Wednesday night, uh, like I enjoy doing. Uh, a lot of people consume the league on the level of social media. Uh, you know, it, the NBA was a terrific Vine sport. Uh, the NBA has been, as a league, uh, a lot more lenient than other sports are about allowing video of their games and video of their of game footage uh, to be kind of put anywhere on the internet. Um, and that's something that I think has engendered its popularity with the younger people. And so I was curious what we think of for the state of the NBA now I don't. I also don't give a shit about all stars. Uh, you know, again, top end of the league talent. You know, those people are self evidently great. Uh, and then when you start counting up all the honorariums at the end, I don't think it necessarily gives you a great snapshot of who like really mattered in a year. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. There, I mean, uh, Fred VanVleet, if he makes the All Star game, that would be cool. Absolutely, just like it was cool when yeah. Mike Conley made the All Star game. But that's about yeah. it. I mean, I like watching the All Star Game, but I'm not oh, like, I don't. Yeah. like I mean, I'm fine with I'm fine with the pageantry of it, you know. But it, if if you're gonna ask me, like, 
to go pick it, it's like it'll get picked. Yeah, and it'll be fine. Yeah, I won't and, be mad. And when you have all these, <laughs> when you have all these like restrictions and rules on like who counts as what position, it's like yeah. it just starts edging out people who are clearly the bigger names of what's going on in the league in a given yeah, season. Yeah. And so maybe this is kind of our substitute for uh, instead of doing an all star uh, team, you and I went through and we we each made lists. Uh, top 15 or 20 of of the players ranked list of who we think are the face of the NBA now, yeah. right? Right now. And then we went through our list and we averaged out the players we had in common to make a ranked list. And then we sorted out the others. And we're going to go through uh, our top 10 faces of the league. Yeah. Before we get to that, uh, we can name a few of the players who didn't quite make the final uh, list ranking, but did have purchase on either of our lists, either as a top 10 player or a mutual 10 to 20 player. Right? Yeah, yeah. And the players that, that ended up in that in that bracket, uh, in no particular order, uh, are LaMelo Ball, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson, uh, Nikola Jokic, Russell Westbrook, Devin Booker, and Joel Embiid. Yeah, I think actually Paul actually made the top ten list, but uh, but like uh, Paul did make the top ten. Excuse me, Paul yeah, did. So, well, spoiler, yeah, like, Lamelo, Zion, Jokic, yeah, Westbrook, Booker, Embiid. I think uh, just that Lamelo to talk about him. He was on your list, not on mine. I think I need for a, when I think of face of the league, I sort of am trying to picture two things. Well, three things. One is winning, just like have you won. Uh, one is. When they do those stupid shows on ESPN, can they talk about a guy just randomly on a Tuesday for no apparent fucking reason? Yep. Like, you know, um, there's some guys higher on this list that are obvious like that, but you kind of have a scale of that. And then the other thing is, like, if I were to, um, in my stupid sports chat at work, where they're mostly into college football and they suck... They know basketball players, but they have a very sort of shallow, shallow view of basketball. Mm-hmm. So who are the guys that I could mention in there and they would be kind of interested in what I had to say about them? Like, I'll, I'll take somebody who d- you didn't mention at all, who's a really good player. Um, like, uh, DeBontis Sabonis. Like, no one, DeMontis Sabonis, no one gives a shit about him. Like, he's a, he's been an all-star. Yeah. He's a good player. He will be again. He will be again. Uh, no, one, no one really cares. So, it's like, there's just no sort of level around the water cooler where somebody would be like, oh, okay, like, I have some interest in this guy. I think LaMelo has that. I just, I think that it takes a, a few years of saturation. I do think the ball name has on its own, but most people want to talk about his dad. Yeah. Like, as good as Lonzo and LaMelo have been, their dad is more of the face of the league, in my opinion, than either of those guys are yet. Yeah. I think there will be a crossover point, maybe this year, maybe in the playoffs this year, that will happen. Well, I don't think it's going to be Lonzo who does it. Like, the, the ambient ball reality show world, I think, does feed into some of the presence. But the only reason I had uh, LaMelo, yeah. um, you know, inching toward the top 10 uh, was the same reason I had another player who did not make our combined list, but I had in my top 10, John Morant. 
that these are two players that also transcend that. I mean, LaMelo Ball is now blowing up with like fan engagement on social media and stuff in ways that have nothing to do with the reality show that preceded him. Like there really is a uh, pre-2021 and a post-2021 story when it comes to this player. I think he's one of the young, one of the most exciting young players in the league and the kind of player that they want to feature at all-star games. Uh, Partly because his style of play engenders more exciting play. Same reason that, that Steve Nash became someone that, uh, that the NBA kind of helped hoist up a little bit when, uh, when, when everyone realized, wow, these Suns teams are really fun. And it's because there's this guy who is an engine of fun basketball on the court. And LaMelo Ball really is that. John Morant, uh, similar emerging. I would say that John Morant is is like the, the the superstar happening in front of us right now. Yeah, I think John Morant is definitely closer. I didn't have him in my list, but I would... I would be. I would think John Morant will probably be in at least top fifteen of this list next year, maybe top ten. For, yeah, for me, Lamelo and Ja were that bleeding edge pick of who is pushing up yeah, into yeah, this range yeah. right now. And I'm perfectly fine that neither of them make the combined top ten because they're not quite there yet. But I would also say that you know we're we're only like oh we need to finish this season, get into the playoff, and then get halfway through next season. And I would expect Morant to be a top ten player. No, that's what I was saying. It's like yeah. of these two guys, like firmly, I, like obviously. yeah, I, I would say the one I wouldn't be surprised being a top ten player because I really do think it takes. I think Jaw has had that good, good playoff experience, and I think it just takes one more of those, and then we start to talk in, in those sort of, we, you know, we start to make debates in those terms. Let me ask you about a player that I see as kind of going the opposite way on the escalator, because you had this player in your top twenty, but did, did not rank in my top twenty, and I'm a Lakers fan. You had Russell Westbrook uh, emerge to make this. Yeah, case. so I, I honestly think a lot of this is I I did I probably deemed Russell Westbrook a little bit for he sucks now, but uh, compared to these players, uh, but look, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna talk to a hundred people on the street and I'm gonna ask them to name five basketball players, and I bet you dollars of donuts that a lot of times one of those guys is gonna be Russell Westbrook. If you're talking about, I've always wondered about that because because he, he gets a lot of media attention. Yeah, but he played in relatively small markets where he was not the biggest superstar on his team ever. Yeah, he played alongside. He's never not played alongside a superstar except for the MVP season in Oklahoma, right? Um, he he did like three seasons yeah. right there where he was the biggest star, and I feel like I I feel like unlike say Durant or Harden who were his his co-star superstars in those other situations those players i feel like got a lot more grassroots fan recognition that was then also fed by media whereas with westbrook i don't know i I don't know i don't know a lot of people in my life who could like pick russell westbrook out of a lineup really i I, I mean i don't think you're the seventh seed in a conference in oklahoma city and win the mvp if you're not getting massive media, attention. yeah, I, I think that year made it. I think that, but, but Nikola Jokic is the MVP right now, and he's not in the list. I, well, I, I, to, well, no, to me, to but me I mean, Westbrook, I, I, to me, he, Westbrook climbed his way into that, and then he's been on the escalator down since his play. But again, out. Jokic is. People are talking about Jokic because he's a good player. There's a difference. People talk about Russell Westbrook because he's such an animal. He, he, he works really hard. Fans really like that. I mean, people are. This happens every time. I've seen this happen with three different fan bases, four different fan bases, where there's a delusional sort of Russell Westbrook. And the media feeds it, had fed it for years. They're, they're turning on him now. 
But for years, Russell Westbrook was the anti-Harden. We're going to talk about some of these guys who are villains, mm-hmm. who have been villains. For a long time, Russell Westbrook was the good guy. That's true. He was the guy. He, the was the, he was the anti-hero. He was the anti. He was the, he was the lunch pail guy next door, works really par- hard, plays the game we're supposed to play. No, I don't think he ever seemed wholesome to fans. I think they liked him because yeah, he's there the were beast. villain villains that people liked to root against, yeah. like you know, Durant Harden, right? Yeah. But then there was him who was the overshadowed but also superlative in like, you know, truly one of the greatest NBA athletes I've ever seen. Somebody who could do things on the court, you know, incredible dunks. Even after the the knee surgeries, I mean, still had so much explosiveness that I feel like when he was alone, he, he most people would argue that he got an overhyped case to make MVP. But to yeah. me, that, that was a little bit of like the, uh, that was a little bit of the, of the, you know, the anti-hero vibe. People being like, well, if those guys aren't our heroes, who can be our hero? And it's going to be this guy who just who boxes out his own teammates for, for rebounds to make triple doubles and shit that, that, that the media wants to tell you isn't as good a player as you, the fan, thinks that he is. And I would also say that Oklahoma City team, especially in retrospect now, has the combination of like like your Phoenix Suns, like your Buffalo Bills, like your teams that people tended to rally around but never got over the hump, yeah. never won. But... They have the added thing is all three of those guys are MVPs. All three of those guys are top 50 players probably of all time. So it's just like I think the mega wattage of that team is just so weird and such like a fan. It's like a what if. It's the what if of what if. I, I was trying to like rack my brain to think of in any sport another what if team with that much talent, that much gravity that didn't win the championship. That didn't actually, you know, didn't have their... Wilt goes to the Lakers and finally gets Jerry over the hump, or right. or you know, fo fo Philadelphia 76ers, or you know, at, you know, Dirk Dirk, like you know, finally winning. Like they didn't do it, so I think that there's this mythology around that team. I just think he's. I put him at eight. Uh, I because I think he's doing you know he's doing sort of the Iverson flame out right now. Yeah, but. You know, to me, he's, when it goes, it goes fast. It goes fast, out. and he he'll probably quickly follow this list. But for this year, he's still one of the top topics. Yeah, he's still one of the guys that people are going to talk about. He he's the fourth largest contract in the league, and yeah. when he signed it, it was the biggest contract in NBA history. Yeah, so you're going to suck up a lot of the air in the room, you know, by being that guy. And I I think the I, I do think you're right. I think it comes down to people thinking about the what if, what could have been of the Harden Durant Westbrook team. There are kind of there. It's almost like there's like two kinds of ghost stories, right? There's the kind of ghost story where the ghost is a completely unseen presence, and people are barely aware of what it's doing, and that's what causes the creepiness. And yeah. then there's the kind where it's like poltergeist to blasting the room with light and all anyone can see is this fucking ghost in in their face uh uh and that's that's what people think of with this team it is the brightest shining memory of a thing that didn't happen that people yeah. have team a team that didn't happen that that people have uh, I don't know if we need to go through all these other ones, no. but uh, but I did have Booker in my top ten. Uh, I was surprised that Jokic and Embiid that 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 neither of them made our combined top ten. Um, but I kind of chalk some of that up to just being foreign and not having won at all. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Em- I'm, I'm sorry, Embiid did make the no, no. I'm sorry, Embiid did not make our combined list. I'm looking at the wrong one. Go ahead. But yeah, Jokic is not shocking at all because it really feels like that dude's going to have to actually win a championship for him to be in sort of this conversation. It's not fair, but yeah, it's just his personality and that sort of and thing. And playing in Denver. Yeah, Embiid's a little weird. I think the foreign thing. We'll talk about it a little bit more down the list, so we don't have to talk about it a lot. But I do think it's like. 
if MB was just American, he would probably be on this list. Which is crazy to me because he's so American already. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I, like, I for mean, sure. like, like people people tell like the the Giannis smoothie story a lot because because like, there's this kind of like patronizing thing that that America likes to hear about an immigrant who's happy to be here, right? Uh, Joel Embiid uh, came from a pretty well off family in another country. He was already like a like a bourgeoisie person, right? So he acclimated to like the culture of the United States instantly. You know, like, it wasn't that hard, right? Like, yeah. he already spoke English and everything, right? Um, but also then, like, he's just, like, a social media shit talker in a way that, that like, in a way that, that people have, like, local rivalries with some piece of shit they went to high school with and they flame yeah. each other, you know? Like, he really ha- he really is this, like, bold personality in a way that Americans like to think of themselves as being. So it's surprising to me that, that I think kind of his foreignness is part of what keeps him... Mm-hmm. Well, you could say... Away in people's mind. Yeah, well, you could say, too, the other thing you could say about Embiid is just, like, if they just would have beat Atlanta, win, lose, or draw to Milwaukee, him playing against Giannis would have put him on a different stage and made people aware of him. If the Kawhi shot didn't bounce on the rim three times before falling in, right, that could have been been a finals team. That could have been a champion, potentially. It was the fucking bubble, right? Um, so that those are some players who didn't who didn't make the list. Do you want to go counting uh, down one to ten or ten to one? Ten to one. Guys. Ten, to, ten one. to one. <clears throat> Number ten it. on our official combined list, uh, face of the league, twenty twenty two, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Yeah, I think I had him a little higher than you did. Um, I just think I, I think this in, weirdly this injury has made him more popular. Crazy, sort right? Of like a folk hero, a guy who's barely played this year so yeah. far. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he hasn't played in two years, but comes back and what you know, all eyes are on him in the in the in the debut. He has the dunk in his second game back, uh, and uh, and it's almost like like we we pick up like uh, like we never missed a beat. Yeah, I think that also that Toronto series. Where he was obviously hurt and coming back and still trying to play and just you know the whole thing he was just like playing with like a torn ACL or you know or yeah it's just like I think that whatever something snapped in people where they I think it was the the combination of Curry was sort of at that point people were a little tired of Curry Durant was leaving the team so he was like a traitor. The Toronto team was sort of this like, okay, great, they're winning. I think people really attached to the Clay story of that finals too. Yeah. And because everybody thought, well, if Clay just would have stayed healthy, Golden State would have won that that championship. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I think that that is a big narrative. And then he gets hurt and you don't see him after that. Yeah. For like, And so there's this, all this like Aragon, once in future king shit going on yeah. with him. Yeah. Except he's really funny and like on a boat, you know? So it's just like... Yeah. So yeah, I, I that's a I you know it's one of those things when I was making the list I was like I really was like oh yeah Clay like I I was like oh he's got to be somewhere on here uh, I have another theory and we should note that he was already a very popular player um, in the league uh, he's in the top fifteen of jersey sales for the last decade yeah. uh, top fifteen right yeah and was already a hugely popular social media presence there's I, I'll never forget the video of him uh, rolling on ecstasy dancing in China um, or. <laughs> Or him, him, I mean, come on. Or, or, or him, <laughs> him posting pictures with his bulldog, right? Like, yeah. all that's very lovable. <laughs> but the the theory that I have is also that uh, everyone's remembered the Warriors are still a team together and they're good. Like the Warriors are one of the most are were the defining team of the last ten years, right? Yeah, like, yeah. arguably the greatest dynasty the NBA has ever seen, and they couldn't keep doing it for injury reasons, obviously. And now they're back. They're really, really good. 
And it's the same core guys well, that got, were that team. You, yeah. So it's like, did we forget that this is like one of the most popular basketball teams of the last 10 years? Well, I didn't really think about this. Um, you know, and D- Dallas did win a title in this thing. But you really had, until the last three years, you really had this very made-for-TV NBA. Where first you had Boston and the Lakers, and they were playing each other. And yeah. they were playing each other, you know, two or three years in a row. And then you get to the Heatles, and the Heatles come up, and it's like this whole thing, and they start to play San Antonio. Yeah. And San Antonio becomes more popular than they ever were because it's like the perfect matchup of what you're supposed to do and the, what you're not supposed to do in the purest <laughs> sense, you know, in the NBA. I'm not saying that's what I agree. And then you have Golden State versus Cleveland. And so you have this literally a decade of what people want. Yeah. And then. Which, it, is, which is like three round. Title fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what you want as an NBA fan is just, like, what happens, you know? And every one of them got their punch in, you know? It wasn't like the one guy just knocked the other guy out. There was a punch. And then you go into the situation with Toronto, which is a weird team that has Kawhi for one year, and and Golden State sort of disintegrating in in front of people's eyes. Then the bubble year. Then, you know, and then last year, which was, like, Phoenix is not really... Nothing against. I mean, nothing, the Lakers and and Milwaukee, I think, are good. Sort of like they could, like in the public's imagination, yeah. get you there. But they're the teams they're playing against. They're not really getting you there. And so I think that there's a lot of just we want it back. We want one of those teams back. Exactly. Yeah. You that, know, that, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. they never actually went away. Yeah. They've stayed together this whole time. And considering the amount of money that, that had to take place and how big Iguodala's contract was at one point, the fact that Iguodala's on this team, like, yeah, yeah. like it's the same fucking team. They're back and they're really good. And because they're not the dominant Death Star Colossus, right? They're fun to root for again. Yeah, yeah. So Clay Thompson, number 10, face of the league. Number nine... Uh, a player who, uh, uh, both of these players, uh, uh, Clay and Paul, slid right outside my top ten. They were in yours. And so number nine is Chris Paul, the oldest player on this list. No, LeBron James would be the oldest. Uh, isn't Paul older than LeBron? Because mm-hmm. Paul, Paul came into the year uh, came into the league a year later, but he played at Wake two years. Right? Oh, yeah. We're about to look it up. I think he's older. Ben can look it up. Yeah, Ben, ben look it up. Uh, I, you know, honestly, Chris Paul... I think he's just been on TV for so long, and he also has that commercial that has run for literally that's, ever. That's so huge. Yeah, yeah, and like I just think he's, people... he's the Aaron Rodgers of, of uh, the Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Yeah, like yeah. LeBron is the most famous player yeah. in the world and is in a lot of commercials, but he's not in a lot of the commercials that run every single game. Yeah, yeah. he's in one Samsung commercial or something. Or yeah, I just think he's in that sort of like he's only. Eight or nine on this list, and I think that's fair. But like, if the NBA was like, we're gonna take a picture of our top five players, he'd probably be in that picture. You know, just everything holistically. You know, so it's like that's why I put him on the list, and he was just in the finals. Yeah, no, so it's not like longevity's sake, and the fact that he like LeBron, we also being a a point guard who's barely six feet tall, probably under six feet tall. uh, There's no precedent for a guy playing this long um, at, at that size at that position uh, just like LeBron is like made people rethink of like how long a player can be in the league nobody thought that Chris Paul was going to be this effective as a player this deep into his career where he's still arguably one of the premier point guards of the game yeah and it, and they all have a story I mean a lot of these guys the reason they're on this list is they have a storyline that everybody knows about and yeah. Chris Paul's is still there which is to win a championship that's right and so it's like I just and, think all and, of those and to be and to be a little bit of a villain. 
People people decided. Well, he's kind of turned lot around. Of, you know, he's, he was a villain. The Phoenix run is has turned people around him so much. Where I remember, I remember saying that like when he got when he got to the Clippers, like after just the New Orleans years, I was like, well, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And my dad was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you don't realize this, but he's on pace to be the NBA assist leader. I was like, probably with your dad. He's going to be that guy. Because I hated him. But but the people hated him. And, and then a lot of people celebrated like the fact that the Clippers never never got there. Why did you hate him? Oh. I mean, he's a dirty player. I love a lot of dirty players. Uh, he was rated as a... Oh, God, this is a different podcast. Let's just talk about Chris Paul later. <laughs> uh, ben, age, right, age, I, age I, check. Who's older, LeBron or Chris? LeBron's older by about six months. Ah, LeBron's six months. Six months. Six months. I went again. Score, put it. Put that in the point book. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on. Because I think my hatred of Chris Paul is an entire episode. Okay. <laughs> Coming soon. Uh, number eight, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. I think you... I had him eleventh. Where did you have him? Uh, Luca was in my uh, Luca was in my top ten. Luca was uh, was yeah was right in the middle of the pack of my top ten. Yeah, so uh, Luca's a weird player. I feel like he was just right. He's like he was right on the brink of being a top five face of the league this year. Yeah. And then he came overweight. I don't know. I still don't know how he did that. I'm so impressed that he literally. <laughs> Played a whole short uh, The season. gyms were closed. Probably not and in Slovenia. <laughs> and then he played in the Olympics. He literally had three weeks off, and he ballooned to an incredible size. So he's playing... Actually, the gyms were closed in Slovenia. Sorry. I, I heard Slavo Zizek talking about it. In uh, Slovenia, like, yeah, most of the bars and stuff were all closed. So, not a lot of people there. Pretty easy to lock down. Yeah, he was just eating eating pork, I guess, at his house. Uh, but, but, yeah, like, with Luca, it's just... We got to see him in a conference finals. I mean, I you know that to me, it's just like he's got a he's still this high because people know who he is and that one name. Top five jersey sales, right? Top now. five jersey sales. I get all of that, but it, he he's got to just get he's got to get past the first round at least. Like, and I think that's what kind of holds me back on just sort of totally going. But again, I think if they make a run, they upset you know a team and they get into the second round. He's the kind of guy who could fly up this list. We've gotten a little bit more used to it lately because there's been a couple players who've done it, but it's really still very rare that you come into the league and as a rookie in the NBA, uh, granted, he was already a EuroLeague MVP, but still, rookie age, guy came into the league at, what, 19? Yeah. Uh, come in and immediately be a dominant player. Um, yeah. That that used to not happen that often. The fact that it happened there, then Zion came in. I think people are getting a little distorted in their brains about how fast you can usually impose your will over NBA talent. Used to kind of be like, if you're going to be a superstar in the league, you see it around year three. You yeah, know, yeah. like Anthony Davis uh, was was obviously great from the jump, but wasn't the kind of player who oh, like every game that Luca is in, all the game plans of both teams revolve around around Luca's minutes. Yeah, right? I mean. I think it's 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 getting to the point where, and you see this in other sports too. But I, I do think people are giving up on rookies a little bit too soon. And it's the reverse of that. And then you see a guy on a second team, and you're like, oh, he's great now. And they just totally bailed on this guy, and they just should have kept him. You know, so it's kind of like people want that instant gratification now, and if they don't get it. Well, and Luca gave them instant gratification also on the biggest stage. Yeah. He was incredible in his first playoff series. And he was and incredible in the second one. Yeah. They, they've yeah. just had some tough matchups. And with such a dominant score, it's one thing yeah. to be an incredible rebounder in the league, right? Yeah. And it's another to be to be the focal point, the driver of entire offense, and be going out there and averaging like what like 38 points a game um, yeah. in the playoffs in his first run. Um, interestingly, that 
is the same justification I have for the next player, whom I had tied, uh, Luca and this player, on my list. You had an, uh, you, you had in a different spot, but they still averaged out to be right next to each other. Uh, our number seven player, Trey Young. Trey Young, I think I had so the, a little So the two bit players, higher, the two players who will never not be talked about <laughs> next to each other yeah. happen to average out in our rankings here as well. And I think this uh, the Trey Young thing really shows you what we were talking about with Jaw. One good playoff run can really vault you up these rankings. Because yeah. if you were asking me mid-season last year where Trey Young is, yeah. I don't think I would have him on the Especially list. if you run to the finals. Especially yeah. if you're a second-year player. Yeah. Especially if it's your first time in the playoffs. Yeah. So there's a, there's just a lot of just like... But there's something about Trey, too. I mean, I, we don't have Devin Booker on this list. There's something about Trey that is... I had Booker in my 10. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But well, he didn't make both of our yeah. lists. But I think there's yeah. something we can both agree that is magnetic about Trey. And people just want to watch him. And he's got that villain thing. But I think in a way that people like. It's not a villain. Absolutely. We're about to talk about villains that people don't people like. actually don't like. <laughs> but but I think Trey is a villain that people sort of ro- are secretly rooting for if they're not like a Knicks fan. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you, and I will just say so. We haven't really we talked a little bit about the about the Hawks and kind of you know where they need to go with the season. I think we both uh, at this point I would if I were to bet on such a thing. If you made me bet on such a thing, I would expect that Ben Simmons ends up there in the off season. I I, I think that I, huh. I think I think it's, uh, that Sixers Hawks are kind of the natural pairing, and you and I have already kind of endorsed the idea of Simmons next to Trey. Um, I then will just add uh, worst hair in the league. Yeah, the, the, the Trey Young hair situation is <laughs> stupid. Like, who is not telling this guy what he looks like? I mean, I just think it's one of those things where he doesn't want to go bald. Right? No, but he is bald. Like, he's already no the hair I is know, so thin. His fucking Charlie Brown ass haircut. Uh, <laughs> like Trey, you're already rich. You're already famous. Either just do the Joe Biden, LeBron, Wayne Rooney thing, commit to hair plugs immediately. Right, just do it now. Do it early. Commit to the hair plugs. Yeah. The lifestyle choice now or. Pick it, baby. Well, you know what's funny is I, I just went into like a Steely Dan deep dive, and both of those guys have what Trey Young has. Is what they just they look like they were four hundred years old when they were in their twenties. Like they looked like ancients. Yeah, they look better old than they did when they were young. And <laughs> I kind of hoping for that for Trey Young because he just looks like a he looks like a baby grandpa. He really just does. <laughs> I, I would accept if he did the, the bus comb over, by the way, if he wanted to like just comb and jump straight <laughs> over, only if he grew the mustache and then shaved everything else. Okay. Can, can I tell you just completely unrelated, but I've always thought this would be like, the like if you could let me do uh, a queer eye makeover for one player and like instantly improve their, their social media presence and everything, uh, the player that I want to make over. So I have always thought that Harrison Barnes, you take Harrison Barnes... You put him in 80s short shorts. I'm glad the I'm glad players are wearing the more fitted shorts lately, but I'm talking short shorts, right? Yeah, yeah. You get the, the white socks that go halfway up the calf with the stripes on the top, right? Okay. Um, rec specs. Uh, and I'm talking I'm talking Kareem goggles, rec specs, not like Rambus glasses, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, already great, already, you know, hair, great, whatever, but just grow a mustache and go by Harry Barnes. You know what's funny is like that is the seventies version of Harrison Barnes and he's doing cocaine and he's out of the league. But he's like, a fan favorite. I'm saying if he just committed to that and then just played the way he plays, which is already just a very good 
just not remarkably great player. Like he's just he's just very good at basketball. He's yeah, I I do feel like Andrew he's Wiggins good is to be right the fifth now best guy stealing Andrew. Harrison Barnes' uh, fake All Star nod. Oh well, I mean he's on the Warriors, so yeah, of course. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like if Harrison Barnes was just on the Warriors, but Harry get, Barnes gets he would get a feel in. good. All-star. Harry Barnes gets the votes from the fans on Twitter. Uh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you're right. Coming up next, I think we're on number uh, six. Harrison Barnes, by the way, is ranked 145 face of the league. We actually. Down that far. <laughs> that's actually that's actually decently high. I don't know if you know right now, but there are roughly a thousand players in the league, uh, half of which are on ten day contracts. Okay, it's not, yeah. So this this guy was so long uh, that we had to have two parts. Uh, we don't know what number you're about to hear. Yeah, it's more fun for us to as listeners to the pod. This is the only podcast I listen to, yeah. so it's gonna be more fun for me to find out in the 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 next episode after this one to find out who we're gonna talk about. I listen. I listen to this one. At, uh, I only listen to podcasts at four times speed, so I actually listen to this four times. So, so I sound twice as coked out as I yes, normally do. Twice as coked. Speaking fast. Uh, well, that, that this is a long list. It's the face of the league, and uh, wherever we left off, we're going to pick it up in the next episode. So thank you for joining us. Signing off from Soft City, Brendan K. O'Grady, Robert Scovia. Bye bye.